Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Shalom Bayesh, year number 259. We're talking about the seven principles of making a marriage work. We're discussing principle number six, overcoming gridlock. Gridlock is when the two of them have uh, opposite viewpoints on something that seems to be a perpetual problem, where they can't really resolve it because they have different views, different visions. And we discussed last time that the way to get around it is to have mutual respect for one another and a fondness and admiration and um, to respect each other's uh, dreams and understand and understand them even if you may disagree or have a different feeling about it. Um, so we mentioned a few examples. Another one may be, for example, of the money issues that they clash on that seem to be ir- ir- you know, irreconcilable, although they could work on it and compromise to a certain degree, where, for example, if the uh, husband feels the wife is too stingy when it comes to money, even if they have a money, she doesn't believe in spending or in enjoying life or taking money and spending on a vacation, and uh, he believes that, um, you know, uh, we have some money now, we might as well spend that. Spend it. Life is too short to just save for the future all the time. And he understands that certain amount is necessary, but, but you're not always living for tomorrow. You have to live for today too. That's his view, and she sees it a different way. But if she, again, understands that perspective, even if she doesn't agree with it, or that's not part of her makeup, like it could be very well a personality thing or a background thing. He grew up in a in a house where though they did they weren't irresponsible about their money and they and they save money as well, but they also sometimes spend on vacations and other things. While maybe in her background or in where she grew up, or either she grew up in poverty and now she has some money and she's just afraid to spend more because she's used to when it was so tight. Or maybe she was grew up in a in a uh, home where they may have had money, and nevertheless they were very frugal in the way they spend it, and she's just following that pattern from then. So, um, but when they understand each other about this, they could work through it, sometimes with actual compromise, and sometimes with simply um, working through with each other, even if they don't necessarily agree with one another, but they allow allow it for so for example the the wife at times will have to give in despite her distaste or her nervousness about it and have him spend on that vacation and go together on that vacation and let go even though she's not so comfortable with it and um, he needs sometimes to be understand her concerns and doesn't she he doesn't get all bent out of shape when she wants to save money to a certain degree that he doesn't agree with so those type of things are things that may cause gridlock if they don't have that understanding with one another. But once they do, it becomes a lot easier. And we said in the last year that one of those aspects of working through those gridlock issues is to uncover the dreams and aspirations of your husband or your wife, even if they may be different than your own. And you need to understand where it's coming from because very often they're influenced by their own experiences and their own feelings about things. And when you learn to love that person and, and understand that person and see why uh, that is coming into their life, even though you find it a challenge, you will become less aggravated about it. Like we said last time, it'll be like an annoyance, like a bad allergy. 
but um, but um, you know it'll be manageable. And we said also last time that when you acknowledge and respect each other's deepest hopes and dreams and aspirations, that's the key of saving your marriage, enriching your marriage, and avoiding these gridlock situations. So that is one aspect of how to overcome gridlock. Another aspect in overcoming gridlock is to learn how to soothe each other, not to overwhelm each other. You use these repairs that we talked about when you're upset. Avoid flooding. When you feel overwhelmed, you calm down in another room till you go together. And then you work on a compromise. Now, the question we asked is, though, is when we talked about solvable problems, meaning problems that are easily solvable, then there's a compromise. But here we're talking about problems that go much deeper, where it's a lifelong differences between the two of you. So what, what do I mean by compromise? And the answer is you could still compromise in a temporary way. In other words, you, go, you, you, you work on an ongoing task of making peace with this issue, meaning you, you, you begin to accept the fact that there are differences between you and big differences between you. And you establish an initial compromise that will help you both continue to discuss the problem amicably and comfortable, comfortably. In other words, you're not saying, the two of you, we're going to solve this problem. But we are saying to each other, we will solve it to the extent that we're able to be able to talk about it, like mention, without hurt feelings, without, without hurt emotions, even though the problem will never go away completely. The way he uses the word is like, you know, when you defang a snake from its poison, you take out its its thing that causes this, the poison to come out, or you, uh, you so you defang the issue. You, you remove the hurt from the issue. In other words, the problem may still be there, but the pain in regards to that problem will not be there anymore. And then you'll be able to discuss with each other. These aspects are no, are non-negotiable because they conflict with your basic core ideas or values and, and it's something I cannot do. And then there's areas of flexibility where you are, maybe not be thrilled about it, but you, you, you can be flexible. And you share that with your spouse, with your husband or wife, and you work together using the skills. So as an example of, of a gridlock here, you have a husband and a wife, and the wife's dream is a clean house, sense of order, security at home. Husband's dream, sense of freedom in his own home, more relaxed, could be a little more messy, that's fine. They learn to soothe each other by taking a break from these type of arguments, and they enjoy their, their, their time together, and they listen to music they both love. Maybe take walks together and go to a place they enjoy together as a distraction and soothing each other despite this conflict. And then they work out a temporary compromise. Non-negotiable area and a negotiable area. So here's an example of it. So let's say the wife is the one who wants to always be neat and tidy with a sense of order and security. So the wife could say to the husband... What's non-negotiable is 
I can't handle when you leave your dirty clothes left out all over the place. If you have dirty clothes, put it in the hamper. Finished. That's her non-negotiable point. And he should abide by that. And the husband, he returns and tells the wife, the one thing that's non-negotiable that I can't accept is when I have my papers on the desk or on the, you know, on the table and I'm working on things with the papers that I have, you don't clean up my papers right after I just finished with them like two seconds later. You let it stay on the table for a few minutes until I'm ready to put them away. You know, you don't have to like immediately after I'm done, okay, is it done? Let me get it off the table. That's non-negotiable. They work on each other. This particular aspect is non-negotiable. He has to put his dirty clothes in the hamper and she has to hold off from removing his papers or making him crazy to remove his papers three seconds after he's done. She waits a few minutes before doing that. Then there's areas of flexibility. The wife could say to the husband, I can live with some clutter. I'll manage with the some clutter as long as there isn't any dirt. And the husband in turn says, I can cope with cleaning up clothes. I could clean dishes and bathrooms as long as I don't have to straighten up all the time. So in other words, what's happening here? They're both taking responsibility for keeping the bathrooms and kitchens clean. She will not bug him about his clutter more than once a week, for example. But if he does not deal with it by then, then she will pile it up and put it on the floor of his home office. (laughs) You know, something like that. Now, the ongoing perpetual conflict over here is the wife will always hate that clutter. The husband will always hate that orderliness. That's not going to change. That's Be'etzim in their personalities. The wife hates that clutter and he hates that constant orderliness. But they work through it in a way where it's the, the, the sting is out of it, the fangs are defanged, and the hurt behind it is not there. Annoyance, yes. Like a bad allergy, like a bad back that you have some, some, sometimes pain there, like you know someone who uh, uh, had a broken leg at some point, so when you have uh, rainy weather and snowy weather, they feel it in their bones, you know? So it's annoying and it's sometimes exasperating. But they work through it. They live with it and they work through it. And sometimes it can actually be sweet and pleasant because they can work work with one another. Or in the or in the other example we said, she wants him to be more emotional and more warm. And he wants he sees emotional as being weakness. And they soothe each other. They talk things through. They do things they both enjoy. And they reach a compromise. The non-negotiable part is, though the wife says, uh, you know, the wife is saying, I can't help it. When I feel things, I need to feel things. You have to accept that. When I express emotions, it's because it's important to me, and that's part of who I am. And he has to accept that. Him, on the other hand, he tells his wife, you know, I cannot be that highly emotional person just like you are or just to please you all the time. I can't always do that. And she has to accept that. But there's flexibility there. There's flexibility in the sense that they both accept 
that their spouses cannot change their basic personality trait, and they make this, these temporary compromises. They'll be respectful of their differences in this area. He will be receptive to her need to talk about and share feelings, which means like this. He may not like the emotional emotionality of things, but he promises he will sit there and he will listen. Whenever his wife is upset and needs to express emotion, he will sit there and listen patiently to her expressing everything he need, she needs to express. But she will accept sometimes when he's not able to do this, which means there are times where it'll be too hard for him to do this. And they work out specific times. You know, I will do this once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever. But there'll be times where that'll be hard for me, and we'll have to work through it and around it. And the ongoing conflict is, is they'll have different approaches to expressing emotion. That's not going to change. But again, it's not that they don't, they could have a beautiful marriage, a thriving marriage, and a wonderful marriage. One more Eitzah that helps a lot in avoiding, uh, that in, in overcoming gridlock in marriages is that um, you need to show Hakar Satayv. You need to say thank you. You need to have a certain gratitude towards your husband and towards your wife. <coughs> Despite the, 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 the differences in, in personalities between the two of you. Every time each one of you tries their best to, to accommodate the other. The one that is orderly accommodates the one that is a little more messy. The one that's a little more messy accommodates the one that's a little more orderly. The one that's less emotional accommodates the one that's more emotional. The one that's more emotional accommodates more the one that's less emotional. As they work with each other on this, the Akarasatayv grows. As the Akarasatayv grows, their patience grows. As their patience grows, their commitment and faith in each other grows. And that enhances a marriage in a most beautiful, beautiful way. So that is the aside of principle number six, which is a very important principle. And it's a very Yisaitistic thing that's connected a lot with Hashkoch Pratis and with Amuna. And again, like we said many, many times, people make this erroneous mistake that thinks that because in marriage they see certain problems that they don't see a solution to, or that they're so different in personality, or they're so different in a particular uh, um, shita about something that is important, that that means the marriage is a failure, or that means that they weren't meant for each other, or you married the wrong person, and it doesn't necessarily mean any of that whatsoever. Hashem created it in a way that ruba de ruba de ruba, in almost all situations for that matter, every couple will face solvable problems, which was principle number five, which we talked about at length on how to solve solvable problems. And then the, the perpetual problems, which could lead to gridlock, which we discussed over here, principle number six, how to avoid gridlock. And again, to avoid that gridlock, you, you, you stick to those other principles that we talked about. There's one more still that we need to talk about. One of them is enhancing love maps, meaning to be warm and tender towards each other and loving towards each other and, um, and, and, that's, and then nurturing fondness, nurturing admiration. That's principle number two. Principle number three, turning towards each other instead of away from each other. 
and pr- principle number four, allowing your partners to influence you. And principle number five is that the solvable problems you work together on solving. If you do that, you do all those principles, including the one that we're going to talk about uh, soon on principle number seven, you do all of that, then even the un- unsolvable problems, even the perpetual problems, will not create gridlock. It will, you'll work out ways where you will not become gridlocked. There'll be enough respect with to one another that you'll be able to navigate around it and through it and with it, and you could have the most pleasant and wonderful marriage. Have a wonderful day.